With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and... Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Cynical Podcast. Welcome back to the show. It's been an eventful seven days in the world of China business news. Scores of Chinese property developers have been stripped of their ratings by three major ratings agencies. British companies operating in the world's second-largest economy say that they are struggling to hire and retain foreign staff as Beijing's strict travel restrictions remain in place. And how come Hong Kong has once again emerged as the region with the longest life expectancy? With all the latest big developments, here's what's been going down in the past week. But we kick off our roundup with some big news from the automotive scene. There's been a bold declaration that the worst of the global car chip shortage is over. In its latest monthly report, the China Passenger Car Association wrote that the darkest days of automotive chip supply passed in the third quarter. The Automotive Industry Group said that improved supply helped passenger car production in China grow 14% month-on-month in November, but it also noted the shortage will persist and that the improvement in output has been slower than expected. Output in November hit 2.2 million units, while it was hoped to equal last year's figure of 2.3 million units. The same report adds that the Chinese auto industry's profits plummeted nearly 50% year-on-year during the nine months through September due to pressure caused by the chip shortage. Likewise, this year, car makers have been forced to cut back on production because of limited access to chips. And talk about not-so-hot property, international credit rating agencies have withdrawn more than a dozen Chinese property developers' ratings this year amid the liquidity crisis racking the country's real estate sector. According to Caixin calculations, Moody's retracted five such ratings, including for the Tahoe Group. Standard & Poor's retracted seven, including for Kaisa Group and China Aoyuan and Fitch withdrew six, including for Greenland Holding Group. The withdrawals were either made due to the agency's decisions that they didn't have enough information to make a judgment, or at the request of the property developer. Analysts have told Caixin that the move will weaken the developer's ability to raise money on global bond markets. 
As the ripple effects of China's crackdown on private education lingers, the country's capital has designed an online platform to provide free tutoring for the city's roughly 330,000 middle school students. According to a document issued by the Beijing Municipal Commission of Education, the platform that's being offered, a government-funded supplemental education platform, would offer online tutoring in forms including one-on-one tutoring and live-streaming classrooms. All middle school students in the city would be able to access the services on nine school curriculum subjects from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily except weekends and holidays. The platform has already been launched in some districts of the city. Xiong Bingqi, vice president of the Beijing-based 21st Century Education Research Institute, wrote in an article that the move is aimed at meeting the needs of parents following the regulatory crackdown on after-school tutoring businesses. He wrote that without such intervention, quote, tutoring could go underground or could be offered privately at homes. In other big news, the head of the country's biggest online travel platform has weighed in on the metaverse, a term which, of course, generally refers to an immersive online virtual reality environment in which users can interact. Liang Jianzhang, the co-founder and executive chairman of Trip.com, said that China's tourism sector needs to up its game to head off emerging competition from the metaverse. While insisting that virtual reality was no existential threat to the industry, he said tour experiences need to become more interactive, interesting, and immersive for consumers. Liang added that no matter how well the metaverse and digital technology develop in the future, they can never surpass the real world in complexity or logic. As he put it, the real world can never be replaced by the metaverse, and the desire to explore the real world must, should, and will always exist. Liang's remarks come as tech giants including Baidu, NetEase, and ByteDance are piling into the space pouring billions of yuan into research and development, buying up metaverse companies, and launching new products. Also creating quite some noise recently is Alibaba Group. The Chinese e-commerce giant is making a secondary equity investment in local tour operator U-Tour Group, which is struggling with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. The news comes as Beijing heightens its scrutiny of mergers and acquisitions that may lead to a monopoly. According to an exchange filing on Thursday, Alibaba China Technology, an Alibaba subsidiary, has signed a deal to spend 240 million yuan, or around $38 million, on close to 55 million shares in money-losing U-Tour from its chairman Feng Bing and vice-chairman Guo Hongbing. The deal, once approved, will enable Alibaba to double its current stake in Shenzhen-listed U-Tour to 11.06%, becoming its second-largest shareholder after Feng. Affected by coronavirus-induced travel restrictions, U-Tour reported a net loss attributable to shareholders of over 200 million yuan in the first three quarters of this year, representing a year-on-year increase of roughly 34%. Speaking of COVID casualties, a recent survey found that UK businesses in China have yet to fully recover from the fallout of the pandemic. The survey, conducted by the British Chamber of Commerce in China, reflects the perceived costs of China's zero-tolerance COVID-19 strategy on foreign companies as they continue to operate in the world's second-largest economy. 
According to the survey results, some 70% of polled companies expect 2021 revenue to equal or exceed that of 2020. Roughly 52% of the companies are optimistic about their prospects for the coming year, up from 49% for 2020, and reversing three straight years of decline. However, despite an uptick in optimism among the polled 288 British businesses, it still seems that many are plagued by woes related to hiring and retaining foreign employees. The survey shows that 23% of companies reported a net decrease in foreign employees, and 43% still have foreign employees working outside the Chinese mainland, with securing visas and flights being the biggest headaches. Let's make our way down now to Hong Kong, which has retained the title of the region with the world's longest life expectancy for many years running. According to the latest survey from the Special Administrative Region's Census and Statistics Department, the age-sex-specific mortality rates for both genders and all age groups has continued to fall. This, therefore, demonstrates that the residents of Hong Kong tend to live longer lives with the advancement of medical services. Life expectancy is, of course, the most fundamental indicator for measuring the health of a population. The statistics presented in the November 2021 issue of the city's monthly statistic digest show that, in 1986, the life expectancy at birth was 74.1 years for males, 79.4 years for females. By 2020, the figures had risen to 82.9 years and 88 years, respectively. The results indicate a substantial fall in mortality rate over the period. A recent study from the Li Ka-shing Faculty of Medicine at the University of Hong Kong has sought to explore what could be behind the city's striking demographic trend. The study, which was published last month in the top medical journal The Lancet, concludes that, concludes that Hong Kong's low smoking rate may be a critical reason for the long life expectancy of its residents, contributing to the region's higher survival rate among high-income regions. Speaking of good news coming out of Hong Kong, let's hear some more of it from Tyson Global's podcast producer and co-producer of this show, Nandini Venkata. Welcome back, Nandini. Hey, Kaiser. Great to be back here. So it seems that a group of scientists in the SAR have come up with an interesting way to combat the coronavirus. Yeah, that is indeed right. So ever since this pandemic erupted, there's been a lot of focus on how scientists are trying to overcome the coronavirus. There's been a lot of talk, of course, about um, all sorts of medical developments, vaccines and different treatments. But today I want to focus on quite an interesting way that Hong Kong researchers have come up with in order to tackle the virus. So it's all about a type of stainless steel. Stainless steel? Yeah, that's correct. Stainless steel, so a metal. And so what these scientists in Hong Kong are saying is so special about this stainless steel that they've developed is that, according to them, within just a few hours of coming into contact with the virus, the steel is able to eliminate or kill the virus. So just to put that into perspective, when the coronavirus lands on many other surfaces, it is able to survive for a bit longer than two days. 
However, with this stainless steel developed in Hong Kong, 99.75% of the virus actually ends up dying within just three hours. And within six hours, 99.99% of the virus is eliminated. So you can see there's a huge difference, um, six hours versus roughly two days. And of course, you can see why this is so important. Um, The longer that the coronavirus is able to live on a surface means that there's a greater chance of different people getting into touch with it and then catching the disease. Okay, great. Nandini, can you give us a little more detail on this development? Who were these researchers and how did they develop this particular type of stainless steel? These scientists um, are from the University of Hong Kong, and they're led by Huang Minxin of the Department of Mechanical Engineering, as well as Liu Pun of the Center of Immunity and Infection. Now, without going too much into the science, basically what they have done is that they have added copper to this stainless steel mix. And even if the metal itself does get damaged, it still has this property to eliminate the virus. So even if the surface gets scratched or whatever, it still has this property to kill the virus within just a few hours. And it's not just COVID, which this stainless steel can tackle. It also can fight other germs. Um, That includes the H1N1 influenza A virus, as well as the E. coli bacteria. So how would this steel actually be used in the real world? Would it be the case that they would swap out what frequently touched surfaces like poles on public transportation or elevator panels or door handles or banisters, handrails and the like? Um, It would end up, I guess, saving money on all that disinfecting that now has to be done? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. If what the scientists in Hong Kong are saying really does add up and it makes sense in economic terms to um, really invest in this, then this metal could really be a game changer in the pandemic. For example, uh, the Hong Kong researchers are said to be actually already in talks with um, various industrial partners and They're looking into creating um, all sorts of items that are commonly touched by a lot of people in public spaces. So, uh, for example, in uh, airports or in the subway, you could have um, buttons or, you know, handlebars or um, the railings for stairs all made out of the steel. So you can see that there's really a lot of potential in this area. Okay, well, fingers crossed that the economics work out. And uh, thanks, Nandini, for filling us in. Yeah, thanks, Kaiser. Look forward to speaking to you soon. All right. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Lee Sien of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. If you want to listen to our extensive back catalog of podcasts or check out more of Caixin Global's great journalism, then download the app or head online to CaixinGlobal.com. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com. Thanks for listening, 
and we'll see you next week. Take care.